1: Welcome to the Attacking Scrum Christmas Party. In, uh, in all good COVID, uh, COVID theme, uh, we've ended up with a very depleted uh, Christmas party indeed. No, yes, Din. Um, uh, Dan Killick still has a still either living out of a travel tavern like, uh, like Alan Partridge or he's uh, he's kipping on someone's sofa. So it is down to me and the mighty Murph as it has been for huge chunks of this year, Murph. Um, good point, and- good point, yeah. And what uh, and what uh, what a way to finish the year than with uh, yeah, a Zoom call party with uh, with some warm lager and uh, a bowl of twiglets. There we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and how, my how back I, support, obviously,
1: and your back support from uh, from carrying the other two throughout the whole of the year. There we go. How are we, how we doing,
0: mate? Good, thanks. Yeah, very good.
1: Uh, yeah, good, good. Any no. thoughts on a on a favourite Christmas song? Is there one that? Uh, how do you generally feel about Christmas music? You're a bit of a bit of a music aficionado yourself. Is it one of those? Uh, where
0: that's that's a big statement when you're on a podcast with the George saying someone's a music aficionado. Well, I wouldn't, uh,
1: it, well, yeah. I mean, um, given, given Yeston's attendance record, mate, it's it's safe to say you're not on you're not on a podcast with Yeston George at the moment. Uh, good point. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I, uh, I have waves with uh, Christmas songs because when it gets Like to a certain age, should we say? He realizes it's the same dozen songs every year, year after year after year. If you know what I mean, I do. Now and again, as a fresh one comes out, like I don't know, say ten years ago or so, maybe more than that. Bob Dylan did one. Oh, and uh, a real comedy job, like you know, uh, not 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 a serious Bob Dylan Christmas song, and uh, things like that, freshen it up. But generally, I mean, you you know, I'm. uh, I used to. Wow, how long ago was it now? I used to go and see the Pogues every
1: Christmas. I, I saw them in... And, uh, and that was a in, long time ago. And I, I the saw song's in, still
0: being tripped out every year. Yeah. You see what I mean? So. I saw
1: them in Brixton in 2013, I think. And um, yeah, they were doing Guinness in two pint glasses, which I mean, <laughs> I, I can't even remember how much it was. You know, it would have worked out about seven pint per pint, you know, um, <laughs> and it felt packed in there. I swear, like on the way out, I was, I was walking and um, my feet weren't touching the ground. Do you know what I mean? One of those when you're, you're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, nice. And, and I'd never had that feeling in there before. So I, I wonder whether a few people had, uh, a, a few rogues had snuck into the boat, so to speak.
0: <laughs> well, when I say every year, I meant they, they used to do a Christmas tour every year. Yeah. And so I'd go and see him at Birmingham, Cardiff. And I think there was a time in Cardiff. Kedis Matthews came on and did the Kirsty McCall oh, bit, yeah, yeah. It was nice. I know the guests have done that. Yeah, uh, I can't
1: the, remember who did it when we saw him, but yeah, it was, I, it was at one stage it was
0: Jem Finer's daughter, I think. It might, it might
1: have been Gem's yeah. daughter, actually.
0: Yeah. And then um, the Cardiff one is just sticks in my memory really strongly because between every single song, Shane McGowan just went, came up to <laughs> this is the interlude between every song, came up to the microphone, I went yakida. and then he did his very unique laugh, which was, <laughs> and then walked away, <laughs> did the song. And then in the next interval between songs, yakida. <laughs> the, honestly, about 12 times in between songs, he did that little... It, it really entertained him. You could tell he was yeah. pissing himself over it. Uh, after the first three, the whole crowd was like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, we get it. We get it. You're in Wales. Well done. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, fair play. Yeah, that's that's hard to beat for me. That that will be my all-time <laughs> favourite Christmas song. But I, I don't know. I, I seem to find there's like something some little deep cut surfaces every season, every, every festive season. So, but yeah, yeah you, you have to put up with the same 20 songs
0: yeah. alongside that as well. You, you have to look really obscure to find mm. something you've never heard before. When you get to, you know, past your, past your twenties, past your thirties, you know, it gets more and more rare that you, you do, You'll hear what you've only heard before very many times over, especially if you've ever worked in retail. Mm. If you've ever worked in retail, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 you will fucking hate Christmas songs, as, as simple as that. So I did that for a while in my 20s, and uh, yeah, that's torture, it's actual torture.
1: Well, talking of, uh, talking of things that, um, that feel like they never change, uh, we will be talking about uh, the Dragons' defeat um, uh, in the first half of the show. We'll also be talking about uh, the Cardiff game against Harlequins. So the first half of the show is going to be a wrap-up of the European rugby from this weekend, and then as we get into the second half, uh, we're going to do uh, a few awards for the season as well. So we might have a few serious ones in there, but we've got some stupid ones that have been sent in by our listeners. So a big thanks to that because, uh, um, yeah, it gives us a bit of variety for the second half of the show. So stay tuned for that stuff.
0: A struggle with serious, as we know.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fam- yeah. Famously so. Yeah. Um, right, where do you want to start, Murph? Uh, Cardiff or Dragons?
0: Uh... Either uh, I uh, I've seen the Dragons one, but I, I watched it late when I got in.
1: Mm. Who they play again? Uh, they played Leon.
0: Oh yeah, right at okay. Rodney
1: on Friday night. And yeah, yeah, uh, yes, it out, yeah, It was uh, um, yeah, uh, all a bit, all a bit worrying. Well, let's start there, seeing as that's the first one you've uh, you picked up. Um, mm. The biggest thing for me is I cannot. Well, not the biggest thing, but the thing that boiled my piss was the. Uh, um, the lack of at least a yellow card for that tackle on Josh Lewis. Like I just, don't, I don't see how you can get a shoulder to the head and you say it's not a dangerous tackle, penalty only. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, that that, that doesn't happen to a bigger size. I know I'm going to yeah. I'm like a massive apologist, but there is no. no way that gets given against you know Saracens or Leinster or uh, Harlequins or any of those sides. Those decisions just don't go. It, it was, I think, it was a stone cold stinker like it was a minimum minimum yellow um mm. and uh yeah i just i things like that can change a game that said the dragons yeah. the, the dragons lack of ability to defend or complete three phases without dropping the ball um was probably mm. a bigger was probably a bigger concern but um in the end it was you know it was a half decent game in terms of entertainment because they were they were still in it towards the end but yeah it's becoming all a bit of a yeah, it's sounding as familiar as that Christmas CD you were listening to while working in Topman.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I've hazarded a guess as to where you were working, Murph.
0: Oh, it's much more uh, cliche than that. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the high tackle thing has become an issue, I think, because there was a stage, obviously, where anything vaguely around the jawline and you were going off. Mm. That was the end of that. And now there seems to be a bit of like a kickback with the... Um, the referees or the referees bodies or whoever decides the kind of policy on these things. And now they're kind of nitpicking over whether, whether the initial impact was on the head and slipped up or whether there was any mitigating factors. But I just think in the interest of like the the spirit of why this uh, rule came in, start at a yellow and work your way up or down from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: you know, if there's no mitigating, sadly yellow, if there's no mitigating, fact, mitigating factor, then uh, it's got to be a red. But if there's something, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, there's been ones where a player's been smashed in the face, but it turns out the guy tackling him was shoved by an opposition player yes. into the tackle and then, uh, you know, that type of thing. But otherwise, anything vaguely around the chin or around the neck or whatever, uh, the only ones I don't, I don't like being automatically... Yellows yeah, or reds are the seatbelt tackles because it they're, they're illegal, but they're not causing concussion, and they're not no, exactly. massively dangerous. But the head-on ones, you know, on the point of the chin or whatever, you know, that that's why that's why the rule was brought in because it'll give you uh, concussion and like uh, I don't know what the Protocol will be with um, Josh Lewis now, whether he takes a week off or whatever. But, you know, he...
1: my, guess, my guess is he's okay because he, yeah. he played the rest of the game, didn't he? But mm. you're absolutely right. The other thing is it's designed to change players' behavior, isn't it? And I think yeah. we were moving in the right direction that any benefit of the day goes with the attacking player there, um, you know, for their protection. And if you've smacked him in the head, regardless of, um, of what the intent was, you know, it, it forces you to change your behaviour, to drop lower and drop lower. And the more yeah. referees relinquish on this and start saying, well, there's, a degree," you know, these, these kind of grey areas, then you're going to get people still going back to high up tackles. And I just think that's, that sends out the wrong message.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, it it's, 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 like I say, there's been a, a, a kind of a rebound from where we were, where everything vaguely that way was going. And, and now they, they're confused. I think they've confused themselves on the quiet.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think the the other thing that's um, that's so frustrating as a Dragons fan, and again, I, I will get on to criticise the team because I'm not here to be an apologist um, for them. But the fact that it's happened two weeks in a row that yes, there was a yellow card the week before, but Elliot D almost had his head taken off. It was as clear a red card as you get as you will ever see, mm. and you just think, well, like you know. You never get that. You never get the rub of the green when you're a when you're a side that's at the bottom of the league, or yeah. you know, or, or the minnows. You, you very rarely get those decisions, and um, I don't know. Maybe you do make your own luck, but you, you kind of feel like if it's a decision like that that's around player safety. I, I don't know. I just I just I, I fail to understand how uh, how they come to those conclusions in consecutive weeks, and you also fail to see how it's going to kind of level itself out. Over the course of the season, but um, yeah, 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 but yeah, it was another. It was no, you know another twenty minutes of the game where the dragons simply weren't weren't present. You know there was really really poor defence. There was simple simple errors. Um, I, I'm in two minds as to whether to be really angry or feel really sorry for Sam Davis because on the one hand he missed touch with penalties twice, and he's an experienced player who should be should not be making those errors. You know, he threw an intercept pass. I don't know why he all of a sudden in the middle of December he's trying to he's trying to pass the whole time. Presumably it is a you know it's a team um you know it's a coaching led decision when actually you know his kicking game is is far stronger than his passing game. But at the same time, he's played every single game this season, I think. You know, like there is there is no yeah. other ten there to to no. take any of the slack. I, I don't sure. know why they don't consider Lewis as a ten as well because I think he's mm. You know, he's a good running threat for fullback for a guy who doesn't have a huge amount of pace, but he reads the game in front of him very well, and he's played mm-hmm. enough at ten to to be considered. I just think take a bit of the heat off Sam Davis because he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of um pelters fired at him, and you know, again, like I say, I, there was there were some awful mistakes in there, but jeez, the guy must be the guy must be frazzled.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Am I correct in thinking that? Because I looked at the team sheet before the game and uh, the back row was um, Ashim, Keddie, Griffiths. Wainwright came in at the last minute, yeah. All right. I was thinking, wow, that's a mobile back row. And then w- mm. when I come home late to watch the game, um, Wainwright was at eight. So, I mean, he's not exactly... <laughs> it's, always, it's always a mobile <laughs> slow, back you know, row, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that was that caught my eye. I did that back row initially, but it didn't actually take the field. Uh, yeah, Sam Davis... I, I, you, you took the words out of my mouth there you sorry of him because he, he's got to play. Like, he, mm. he seems to have to be on the pitch every time. they. I mean, and all 80 minutes as well. You know, he very rarely comes off. Um, it makes you wonder if <laughs> after Saturday, the Dragons would be interested in making an offer for Dan Fish.
1: Honestly, mate, I genuinely, I was watching <laughs> that game and I just thought all I want is Dan Fish at 10. I mean, <laughs> it was... I, he should have played he should have played 10 more in his career I honestly think, yeah, that. Yeah. I think...
0: especially yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we're still talking about the dragons but especially when his problem was repeated hamstring injuries mm. which just kind of killed all his pace not all of it but you know he killed a lot of it and uh, therefore you know 15 was tricky for him he wasn't getting that many chances in the uh, starting 15 or what have you so uh, he, he's I think he was a. I think he was ten for our youth team hmm. um, at the Wanderers, and then when he when he came out of the youth team, we <laughs> we were in the Premiership, and Richard Hodges was um, uh, first team coach at our club at the time, and uh, they moved him to fifteen. So that <laughs> this sounds weird, but it, it is true. I promise. They moved him to 15 because the plan was to kick long against whatever the opposition was, chase hard to force him to kick to Dan, Dan Fish in open field. And then Dan Fish would um, jog past people. He had this habit of just being able to jog past people. And then we would play off that. And that. was A lot of the time, that was one just tactics in the premiership. Kick long, hard chase, and then you find Dan Fish in lots of space with the ball when he was, when he was 19. You
1: joke, but um, when you say jog past people, I, I saw him do it against Harlequins yesterday. He, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't have that pace, but the no. ability to the ability to be able to to read what's in front and <clears throat> um, the basic footballing skills. Right, we'll, we will. We will. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna come onto this because um, uh, it was a, it was another brilliant, hugely enjoyable game. But yeah, just to, just to finish on the Dragons. Yeah. How important do you think it is that they get some result or at least performances over over Christmas? Because they look shot of confidence at the moment, and that unfortunately is a place that we've been uh, all too all too often in their history.
0: Yeah, there's been a coverage of something that um, oh god, the uh, the Dragons coach. Dean Ryan. Sorry, Dean Ryan. Right? I was going to, I was dying to say Rob Baxter. <laughs> it's interchangeable people for me. Uh, t- <laughs> uh, R- Dean Ryan Rizzled
1: grey rugby yeah, coaches.
0: Uh... English hard forwards, you know, from the 90s. Um, he's been uh, quoted as saying something like, we've just been left high and dry in terms of our budget and, you know, how long can it go on like that? And, um, uh, and he's right. I mean, I think, unless I'm mistaken, Leon are like top of the top 14 or something or... Uh, I might be wrong there. Anyway, oh. you know they're, they're no slouches, and they, you know they actually although they didn't perform well. You, you know that was good opposition they were up against anyway. Uh, and I mean, I, I, unless you got uh, this is the issue. Unless you got all your first choice players on the pitch. Um, you know, like Will Rowlands wasn't there on Friday, and various he, other. People, he's a
1: massive loss when he's not playing. By the way, they look on a yeah. much better side when he's on the pitch.
0: Yeah. So you know, are you are you maybe they have rested him. I hope it's only. I hope he's not injured. Maybe no, they have rested he, him he with an eye.
1: Knock, he picked up a knock the week before. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, I mean, with an eye to the derbies, because um, like I say, the only place they can make changes without drastically weakening their side is the back row. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that.
0: Um, there, there is a little bit of leeway in midfield now with um, Nai Owen and Jamie Roberts Robertson, uh, Jack Dixon. And
1: I still think the drop off is big. You know, um, you know I think Roberts, particularly last season, I think Roberts did a brilliant job. Um, Nai Owen's a wonderful prospect. Mm.
0: Um, still waiting to see if he makes the Welsh squad.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think he's got. I think he's got all the ability. I, what I like about him is he, he looks like he's a little slip of a thing, doesn't he? Like he doesn't look a particularly powerful player but he rides contact really well and you know he's got a good step on him and his passing seems decent and there's there's a lot to like there but again you just think like you know with that bit more i know tyler morgan was always injured but you know if you had a player like him still in the squad mm. um because then you're asking a lot of someone like adam warren to put in plenty of plenty of shifts and um yeah. Yeah, it, it just it just becomes a bit difficult. I think um, the back, back three there there is you know there's some good gas in the wingers, but um, yeah, it's yeah that you're right. The, the drop off when they haven't got the first 15 is is absolutely massive. But yeah. the frustration for me was at the start of the season when we had that first that first 15 and their opportunities to win the games against the likes of the Ospreys and didn't put them to bed. And and that there there probably isn't that excuse of not having the squad. It hits no. you much harder at this point in the season
0: yeah exactly now now they're looking back on those games and uh, and wondering where their next win's coming from mm. um so yeah it's it's i mean it, it weirdly it, they they've had no um major uh disruption to their season with the covid issue of being stranded abroad and where have you and um uh that should have like um given them a bit of um stability or or any kind of advantage. Mm. Uh, if, if for some reason, Cardiff seems to have benefited massively from the disruption of, of this um, situation. I, I've, as far as I know, there's still six of them in South Africa, isn't there?
1: there was, yes. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I thought they all came back this week, didn't they?
0: Oh, did they? Uh, I haven't heard.
1: I don't know. I, I was under the impression they were all back, but I might be wrong on that one. But at the, at the same time, um, they're without 30 players. For this yeah. weekend, so 31 for this weekend's fixture, and I think that's what makes it all the more frustrating is the the siege mentality that Cardiff have have put together is um, mm. is so so impressive. And I thought, you know, last weekend we you know we said obviously we like wax lyrical about how enjoyable a game it was and mm. all of that kind of stuff. And then I thought, well, actually, going away now to Harlequins, they won't they won't have the crowd. They won't, they'll, you know, a lot of those players will have had really tough games, won't be able to recover. And it was, it was an even better performance. I was, I was so impressed. Obviously it helps having, you know, players like Lilo back in the the side. Mm. But I think that I just really hope that they're able to build on this because it was such, um, you know, to be 17 all with an hour on the clock away to the, to the English champions, without 30 of your first choice team and bringing off, um, you know, bringing on semi-professional players off the bench Well, starting semi-professional players. That's absolutely incredible. It really is. And I think that you just hope that as, as the squad gets back together now, they're able to build on it and, and really, um, you know, galvanize themselves around it.
0: Yeah. I, I, it proves a, a, a lot of points. I think about um, where you spend your money because it, you know, uh, a couple of the players they've raved about over the course of these two games. Uh, um, just young, um, cheap contract academy mm. players, and they can do a job. Yeah. So, and I've I know I've wanged on about this, but the, the regions should be, should be spending their money in the front five. And if they need to put an academy academy boy on the wing, then that's what they have to do to mm. make their front fives competitive. And someone like Theo Cabango, I don't know, I don't know what where he will end up eventually, whether he makes it all the way or, you know, or, or only just becomes like a run of the mill regional player or whatever, whatever he achieves, he can do a job in a game like that.
1: Well, m- more than, more than do a job, you know, he finished that try brilliantly. Um, and yeah. he's got, you know, obviously he's got the athletic ability to do it. And, um, you know, it was really impressive the uh, the fullback whose name escapes me, Cam Willett. I thought uh, other than that knock on, which was, was gutting. I mean, I mean, I'm not being funny, but as you know, we watch we watch a lot of rugby. I, I had no no previous knowledge of him whatsoever. No, and I no. I've never. I honestly, I'd never heard of him, and well, he, I, he, he was he, magnificent.
0: He is behind Jacob Beetham behind in Beetham, the yeah. RFC setup. So, I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know if you were ranking all the fullbacks in the Blues region. I don't know how far down the, It might be six, seven, eight. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, he's he's um, struggling to make the first fifteen of 15s. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I thought he was amazed. The composure obviously took his try well, but also the just, just the ability to not be phased by the situation. And that's what I think is there to be is there to be built on for Cardiff is there is obviously a group of players and all of those, I say senior players, but I include Jim Botham, Seb Davis in that, mm. uh, Thomas Williams, obviously the Lelos and Halaholo and, and Ellis Jenkins mm. have all stood up and made those younger players a foot taller, you know, they've, they've all believed in themselves and just said, you know, you go out there and do a job. And the thing that I thought was so impressive was the style of rugby was fearless against both sides. They were tapping and going against Toulouse. Uh, admittedly, you know, Toulouse have got a, a big pack and you, you might say that, but when you're down to semi-professional players coming off the bench, it would also be very easy to, to try and play a bit more pragmatically. But you just think, actually, play with that lack of fear in in the the URC because yeah you know the, okay in the Heineken Cup you could say they're on a hive into nothing against sides they were always going to lose to but the UFC is largely meaningless anyway there's always a backdoor entry into Europe somehow it's pretty impossible not to make it into Europe just mm. play with that level of that that fearlessness and just develop something that people will be delighted to go and watch on a Friday on a Friday night you know I thought they instilled some real pride in the in the club and in the city over these last two games, i you know, I, I've got I've got nothing but good words to say about all of those players.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, just going back on the technical stuff there. Say if their first choice players were available, those tap and goes that you talked about, they would have stuck them in touch. Yeah, and if they were in the red zone, they probably would have fluffed them. Yep. So where's the point? Like even even when you're, even when everyone's available, where you know chances are they'd have been uh, better off using this style of rugby. Uh, like you say, if they were full strength. Um, I thought it was the, the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of the game. That's, I, I don't want to get carried away. I know it's tempting, especially when something as exciting as this happens. But I think that's probably the best attacking shape I've seen this season from the Blues.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. A,
0: a lot of that was oh, Dan no, Fish. I, I in right. Yeah, a
1: lot of it was Dan Fish. And that ability to, you know, I mean... He just doesn't feel any, uh, you know, it's a guy who's got nothing to prove. You know, if he went out there and had a howler and threw four intercept pass, it wouldn't have mattered. But no. because he's playing with that mindset, he doesn't mind taking two or three dummies and throwing these ridiculous flat miss passes that, mm. you know, that hit um hit Cabango at, at full pace. And, mm. and, the, and the, the kicking game was brilliant. I mean, you know, you said it. I mean, it's... It's criminal that we're looking at this guy who's about to retire for the third time this season, <laughs> and he's only thirty or thirty-one. Murph. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I get it. He's you know he'll be a fantastic coach if he can if he can translate any of those skills to the the players he's coaching. But Jesus Christ, he could you know
0: we picks a pass. You know he, he yeah. seemed to have loads of time on the ball and uh, and picking his pass as well. And then the things things that really I think stood him out above any. Uh, 10 playing for a region this season, probably, you know, I'll go that far. It's probably the best performance from a 10 this season in the region, uh, Was his kicks, the, the mm. attacking kicks, the grubbers and the chips over the top. They've just, they left Harlequins in a mess on several occasions. There was one where the winger had to, uh, Oh, I can't remember which winger it was. It was a, it wasn't um it wasn't much, Louis Liner. He was he was on he was yeah. on the um he was on the bench. He was the guy who was taking Louis Liner's place. He just had to chase back and kick it out on the full over the dead mm. ball line because he's left That's stranded right, yeah. by the the uh, cleverness of the kick. So um yeah, and I think some of the I I don't know, I mean I can only speculate, but being a coach can, can make, make you think more about um that type of thing and it can improve him as a player. And um, I think that's maybe what we've seen this uh, this weekend. But I mean, honestly, the, the shortage of tens in this country—you could, like, for example, we've just talked about well, Sam Davis and the the, mm. the fact that he has to play every week. He could earn serious money at the Dragons. Yep. I mean, I don't think he'd go to any of the club. I don't think he's. I, I don't think he would consider anyone else for Cardiff. But uh, like at the moment. Jared Evans Reese Priestland the first choice of the club and that's you know that's adequate but last season it was Jared Evans and and Tubby, um, and, Tubby. and based on obviously Tamfish wasn't interested or still isn't interested he wants to retire but based on this performance he's a mile better than Jason Tovey.
1: yeah 100% a mile and, no, 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 and by the is.
0: way and by the way not in shape yeah he looks like he plays in the championship at my club yeah physically
1: so. Yeah. i don't know I, I just think I, you know we're in we're, the only thing is we're in danger of doing what we did last week and romanticizing about the past and talking about players reading the game and national <laughs> football ability and stuff, but there is something to be said you know in a, in, a, in a world where everything is so structured and patterns of players kind of so telegraphed and you know, sports science and all of those things have have had a massive impact on um yeah. on the sport. But the thing is, you know, Harlequins are always going to do those things better than Cardiff or the Dragons or the Ospreys because they've got better coaches, they've got better players. You've got to kind of do things differently. You know, the same as we were talking about the marketing last week, right? You've got to do things differently and just apply. And I think that's what Cardiff did so well over these last two weeks is go, well, look, you expect us to turn up and roll over we're actually going to play pretty fearlessly and and, and see what happens. And it is classic underdog kind of Rocky Balboa stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the thing they've got to do now to, to finish on the sporting cliches is it's like, it's you know, it's one thing, you know, uh, it's like the third round of the FA Cup, isn't it? Where you get, you know, you get Woking up against, you know, up against Newcastle or uh, Newcastle or Aston Villa or, you know, Premier League side and they play their hearts out, but they lose 3-1. And everyone goes, "Wow, that was incredible!" You've then got to go away to, you've then got to go away to Lincoln or Chester or whatever, and you've got to you've got to back it up when you haven't got the the adrenaline and the sense of occasion around you. And that's what that's what Cardiff have got to do over Christmas now. They've they've got to realise that there's there's something brilliant there. And I think you know the other thing is we've mentioned the players, but a massive hats off to your mate Griff because. It's clearly a lot of that has come from has come from the coaching staff around him, you know.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't messaged or spoken to Griff, but I can imagine the backs coach at the Blues is a little bit nervous after the way Griff has coached the side yeah. over the last fortnight. I mean, we, well, listen, uh, Griff coached the backs at the Ospreys, and, and in one of his first games as as uh, out and out, you know, because he was a skills coach in the mm. background for a long time. One of his first games when Steve Tandy made him backs coach, they beat Toulouse away. Yeah. So you know he's not he's not a novice by any means. You know um, he knows what he's on about, and I, he only went to the from our well from speaking to him, he only went into the uh, manage, uh, managing of the academy role to have a break from coaching. But clearly, I mean, and he's been he's been. Uh, uh, mentoring coaches like Dan Fish and in the past getting Jenkins as well at the club. But um, clearly he still knows his shit. So, um, I mean, the shape that, I don't know if that that, that shape was, the used attacking shape they used at the start of that game was specifically from analysing the way Quinns, Quinns defend. I know Quinns are, a, they're not a massive defensive side. they like to outscore the opposition. But like they were, they were struggling to work out what was going on uh, with uh, Quinn's defence was struggling to work out what was being done to him early on. Um, I don't know if that was just analysis or or I don't know whether or just coaching or what, but um, yeah, what you said there about Cardiff taking it going forward, I think there's big pressure on the first choice players. Hmm.
1: Because
0: if they just turn up and do the same bland old you know caterpillars and uh, kick into the corner and fucking it up, like, you know, that kind of, which, uh, you know, I, 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 it's a harsh thing to say. It's something Wales do a lot, actually, is oh, yeah. lose ball in the lose line-out ball in the opposition 22. And quite a lot of the time, not all... Actually, you know, Yospreys and uh, Scarless are quite good uh, line-outs in opposition 22. But Cardiff can't rely on their line-out a lot of the time. And if they come up and just, you know, in the next uh, uh, Christmas derbies and just put that on show again, I mean, it's going to look lame,
1: it is. And, you know, you just think that, I don't know, I hope that that siege mentality continues and they think, Do you know, what we've got a point to prove here that we're not here to finish seventh or eighth in the UFC and be happy with European qualification. And I know there are financial implications for that stuff. But realistically, now the way that um, the way that Europe qualification is structured, you've got to be really shit Like the dragons to not qualify for the Champions Cup, haven't you? It's like old, Mm. it's that old tier stuff where it's, it's pretty, you know. Largely speaking, they've got a damn good chance of qualifying, and you may as well just go for a blaze of glory and and um, you know, create so create something special there. I just I just think that's it. I don't know, maybe again it's just it's just the old romantic stuff speaking, but I just don't see that. You're right. I don't see the point in going back to caterpillars and and trying to play like all the other teams in the league play when you're never going to have the resources of Leinster or Munster or Ulster, you may as well go all out and try and do something very, very different. And, you know, lo- you lose, lose a game by six tries to three than losing a game by 12 points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having, yeah. you know, having never looked like threatening it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh yeah, it, it, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Boxing Day game anyway, because I normally get a bit stir-crazy by then uh, yeah. at home. So,
1: um, it's the Scarlet, isn't it, this uh, this Boxing Day, yeah. I believe? Yeah, because yeah. Dragons have got the Ospreys away.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, I mean, obviously, there's an issue for the players who've been in lockdown is what sort of shaped it in, and mm. can they remember how to catch? You know, it, it sounds cheesy, but you get out of habits and different things if you're not training every day or all the time and um so yeah it's going to be awkward for some of them because there'll be expectation after what's happened in the last fortnight and also you know they haven't really touched the ball in anger since Mm -hmm. start of the month so um yeah it would be interesting to see what the crowd's like after what's happened as well i mean it's a big crowd on Boxing Day anyway but
1: um well yeah I mean, um, yeah, I think that the biggest concern for the, the biggest concern for the crowd is uh, the state of is the state of infection numbers and all that kind of shite. But this yeah, is a Christmas well, party after all. Man. We don't want to bring things down, do we?
0: Yeah, I mean, yesterday the rumours were going round of a, a full lockdown. You know? Yeah. Uh, I know they're closing nightclubs after Christmas. That's right. Um, but I can't see any. Uh, based on everything we've seen so far, we're getting into fucking virology again i know but um
1: which yeah our virology podcast <laughs> will be a, yeah. a patreon special uh, alongside <laughs> yeah. murph's uh murph's yeah. cream egg and cycling podcast
0: <laughs> cream egg yeah
1: yeah go on well that uh, the uh well whatever point in the air uh, easter was you were going through a phase of banging cream eggs and brandy and cokes on air oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Shit, i forgot i forgot about that um Oh mate, this, course, bodes, yeah. this
1: this bodes well for the the awards uh, the awards part of the show where I'm asking you for favourite memories of the season and you can't, can't remember back to Easter.
0: No, I can't. No. All right. Well, can't. Going to can't. Yeah, I can remember the autumn. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Six Nations just seems like a life. Everything at the moment just is distorted time wise. Six Nations seems like a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> what, what was I saying? A virology. Uh, virology. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, based on everything we've seen over the last, uh, was it, we've been in a pandemic now for about 21 months, something like that. Mm. Um, it's really hard to catch it outside, to yeah. catch yes, COVID outside. So, so, you know, even if you're shoulder to shoulder squashed on a terrace, it's still really hard to catch COVID in that. In so I hope in they case, don't stop.
1: Sporting. In which case, regional grounds would have been the safest place for the last, <laughs> for the last 20 years anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, on Boxing Day they get quite a crowd, you
1: know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh,
0: so I hope they don't, you know.
1: And mate, as much as much as I joke, there is uh, there's nowhere I'd rather be than watching than watching rugby on Boxing Day. So, mm. um, yeah. Anyway, let us uh, have a quick break in order for Murph to um, quickly re-familiarise himself for the last yeah. twelve months, uh, or okay. try and remember <laughs> something.
0: I get the 2021 Rothmans out <laughs> <laughs> to work out what happened. Mate,
1: yeah, if yeah. there was one, I'd be, I'd be delighted to get my hands on it. I'd pay, I'd pay good money for the 2021. Well, there one.
0: would be one. If there was one, it would have to have a picture of someone really unwell on the front.
1: Well, get for, from smoking the Rothmans. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, quick break, uh,
1: and then we'll be back after this.
0: Oh, if you're getting a beverage, I'm getting a beverage. Absolutely. Oh, we're, on, we're both on the SME.
1: Yeah, mate, this is it. We should get a sponsorship deal from San Miguel or Rothmans. That's yeah. what. That's what we do. I,
0: I got I, this is a something I got back into, and uh, I actually played rugby against San Miguel Wanderers once, and not um, years ago.
1: Did they? Please tell me that that's not actually part of Spain, and they're just, they're just somewhere in Glamorgan.
0: Weirdly, Singapore. Singapore really? Wanderers got a sponsorship with San Miguel. How the fuck would that happen? I don't know. But, and changed their name to San Miguel Wanderers. Anyway, let me go to the fridge. One second.
1: face that one yet murph stevie wonder is this
0: stevie wonder, stevie wonder
1: yeah hmm. what christmas means to me
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i thought you can't uh you can't go wrong with a bit of stevie wonder no the um yeah the uh the the motown christmas albums and the phil Spector one now you can go wrong with phil specter famously um but yeah the, the phil specter uh, christmas album <laughs> as well is, is absolutely brilliant Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll gloss over that. But welcome back to the the second half of the, the Attacking Scrum office party.
0: Virology podcast.
1: The, <laughs> the, the only virology podcast where Murph is photocopying his ass.
0: And no one's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's qualified in virology.
1: I can imagine there's a lot of podcasts out there where no one's qualified in virology. <laughs> yeah. I um, I imagine yeah. they're they're very popular amongst the alt-right, which um I hope to God we're not. Um <laughs> As much as it'd be like to be popular somewhere, the alt right is not somewhere I want to be a uh, be a part of. Right, uh, time for some awards. I would have thought, Murph. Oh,
0: here we go. Hang on. Oh, here
1: we go. Right. Um. So we, we have got some uh, we have got some jokey suggestions in from uh, from the listeners, which is oh, good. that's
0: okay. I can do jokey answers. That's fine. So okay. I don't have to remember anything.
1: Let's start with jokey, and then uh, we might come on to a few serious ones. But okay. hint: we w- We probably won't. This is when um, I
0: always miss the obvious one, or what I would right. think the obvious one. I well, can't this remember. is a good one.
1: There, there is a really obvious one for this one. This one is from the wonderfully named Tom Mullet, and mm-hmm. uh, Tom Mullet says, "What's the best the best try not the best try that's not been scored of the season? So the best nearly try."
0: Well, there's two that come to mind, isn't
1: there? I yeah, I e Mark Jones against uh, France in 2008. <laughs> the one we always kind of refer to. The, I've got I've got one clearly in mind, so I'm going to go with that. Because yeah. I only had one in my mind, and that's the France, uh, the France against New Zealand Intermac, yeah. from his own line blind pass. That would have been that's the best nearly trying I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life. Yeah,
0: yeah, I saw a clip um, of it again this week actually. And uh, you know, it, aside from breaking in from inside his own dead ball area, the pass, the first pass he gave without looking over his oh, left shoulder is beautiful. Yeah, uh, am, the other one which is. Much less likely, it was much less likely to end up as a try. But the uh, Aaron Wainwright breakout against New Zealand, both against New Zealand, funny enough, yeah, think... which Bowden Barrett slapped later, slapped out of mm. the air. I mean, we we had to do a awful lot more to score a try from where we right. were. But if it hadn't been slapped out the air, who knows what might have happened. So that's that's, that's, that's for me, that would be a close second.
1: There's there's two things I like about that. Why well, there's a lot that I like about Wainwright, as you know, um, but. It was the there was something about the the way he he made those two or three steps to the right that was hugely old fashioned, um, and that, that made it kind of look like a bit of a seventies. You know, it would have been a bit of a seventies try. Yeah, um, there was
0: echoes of the Phil Bennett thing.
1: There was, yeah,
0: there was minus minus the. Six-yard sidestep, obviously that Phil well, Bennett had.
1: I remember. Yeah, I also remember reading Benny's autobiography when I, I lived in Germany for a year, and I read it while I was out there because you couldn't watch any rugby anywhere um, in two thousand and five in Germany. And I was I was reading that there, and I remember him saying basically, if it had been a Six Nations game, he'd have just he'd have booted it clear. A Five Nations game, he'd have booted it clear. And a little part of me was disappointed with that. I was just like, no, I just wanted to believe that. Whoever it was for, he'd, he'd have done it, but it was yeah you know obviously that was that that was uh, magnificent and did end up in in the greatest trial of all time, but mm. there was definitely something about the Wainwright step, but for me, it had to be the the intensity of that game of france new zealand um and just there's something magnificent about um about roman and Tamak. the the kind of the way he the way he just struts about the field and I think the best players. Look like they've got two minutes on the rest of the field. Do you know what I mean? They look like they're they know what's coming in a matter of minutes, and nothing epitomised that more than that um, than that blind pass. I'm just like, yeah, I know exactly where this is going.
0: Didn't fancy the Arms Park last week, though, did
1: he? <laughs> yeah, but I uh, mate, it's all yeah. it's all very well when you're playing against New Zealand and. Yeah. Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith and all these jokers. When you Jason go, to, to, bear in when you go to, to toe with Jason, I was going to say Dan Fish, but it's a lot funnier when you say because Fish is a legitimate god. But yeah, that's it. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, there was something magnificent. I'm, I'm giving it. I'm giving it to the France one for me.
0: Oh no, uh, no doubt. But um, yeah, I can't actually think of any other. No, we've managed to great, get back to the magnificent. We, we've
1: got back to the first week of November, I think. Yeah, in our, in our thinking. But,
0: yeah. uh, um, well, um, if we really want to dig the far reaches is the try we were trying to score at the end of the Wales-France game, Grand Slam Decider. Mm. It wouldn't have been a classic, but it would have been really important to Wales, Welsh it? fans. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't start from our own dead ball line or anything, but um
1: no, uh, that,
0: I, I would have been much happier with that one than any of the others.
1: I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this this award to you next, Murph. Uh most enjoyable game of the season. And until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said Wales versus France, uh, or France versus Wales in the Six Nations. Really? Which or, yeah. Uh, for you know, for sheer spectacle and the intensity of it and how well Wales yeah. played and um you know, and given how joyless the entire Lions tour was, um, yeah. given how, given how largely forgettable the regions seasons have been, um, well, the,
0: the um, the Wales I, I didn't game it I, in at the Six Nations was it seen in the, in the context of last year's Autumn's Nations Cup, which is complete ass, yeah, and then so there was some rugby played in the Six this year's Six Nations, and mm-hmm. it felt really refreshing, and the. Probably the most harem and game of the lot was the Wales France game over there. So, um, yeah, but I, 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 I still got it on my TV. All that game.
1: <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not in a rush to watch it again. Because no, it, exactly. It, 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 to me, it would it's be. It's still going to get
0: wound up about Luke Pearce if I watch yeah. it. So,
1: I may. I I wouldn't mind if if every every game should be wrapped like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm done. I'm done with this caterpillar. Yeah, all,
0: yeah but all or none.
1: Yeah, well, he's obviously, just... he obviously had his wings clipped over it. Must have had his wings clipped. Whoever um, yeah. whoever the head of rugby, uh, you know, re- refereeing at the World Rugby is. I want to say it's still Paddy O'Brien. I know it's not, but I'd like to think it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Alan Rowland?
1: Oh, it bloody is, isn't it?
0: My Bound God. to be. No wonder. That, that's no wonder was, we are where we are. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's what I was going to say yesterday, actually, was... Um, you know it's a good game when even Frank Murphy can't ruin it.
0: Uh, Actually, uh, I didn't get that far because we got distracted by virology, but um, (laughs) 17 all half-time. I thought he turned on Cardiff a little bit at the breakdown.
1: Well, there was was two with Don Brandt. There was one where Don Brandt was over the ball and it probably should have been a penalty and he gave a knock-on. And then a a, a minute later, he gave... Don Brandt was on the ball for like half a second and he gave a penalty to Quinns. I know. And... um, and Don Brandt knew it as well. Like, there's a little like knowing look from him. Um, yeah, he's a and magnificent it, player, by
0: the way. Played oh, Henry really. um, But you know, it, it was coming. That the, the onslaught of the Dragons was coming, but it didn't have to. Be, they didn't need help from Frank Murphy. You know, we could have just carried on if he'd carried on refereeing the game the way he did in the first half. Mm-hmm. Harlequins still would have won, but it just wouldn't have been. I, I just, I don't know. It, it just felt like. Mm, he didn't want to be caught in it I'd some i't maybe I read too much into the mindset of referees, but i just in at the end of the game, I felt like he didn't want to be caught up in a major story where um uh, a a load of amateurs beat the english champions yeah um and
1: maybe maybe yeah i mean yeah, yeah That's, I, that's I, I,
0: it... a little bit too um anti vaxxer. <laughs> conspiracy theory i know but i like, oh, yeah. I, I, I like there's, there's one in. there's one for
1: the alt-right listeners <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah um yeah so it's possibly a bit flat earther that one uh, yeah <laughs> frank murphy fixing it for harlequins <laughs> <laughs> the english champions up against um some school teachers
1: well oh yeah that was another point i was going to make actually as well you know remember last week we spoke about the difference between um you know you you said the the smell of cardiff arms park always reminds you of uh, of of cigars mm. and uh i did find it funny that you know when they're bringing on a load of semi-professionals off the bench cardiff is still bringing on solicitors yeah, <laughs> quantity yeah, yeah. surveyors <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. school teachers even in the uh even in the professional era cardiff is still managing to, to sneak some um yeah. uh some white collar professions into the uh, into the mix
0: yeah yeah it's interesting now huh? because if you go down uh, uh it's weird if you go down the leagues um mm. Premiership, um, championship, a lot of the forwards will tend to be manual labourers yeah. because they haven't got time to train to the mm-hmm. amount you need to play rugby at that level. So if, they, if they're if doing something physical all day, like Ronnie Kynes, for example, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. there's probably uh, loads of examples, but he's a bricklayer, so yeah. he probably lays 1,000 bricks a day and he doesn't really need much weight training, but probably does some squats because uh, his upper body is sorted. And um, that's good preparation then for... Tuesday night training, Thursday night training, match on a Saturday. Um, but when you when you, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if they're professional, they probably get three hour lunches. So they're in the gym, <laughs> in the gym, and then they're fine for the weekend. But um, yeah, it's definitely a thing where the uh, manual labour helps if, if you haven't got time to train. You know. To the amount you need to play front five forward or back row. Oh
1: yeah, famously, you know those those magnificent Welsh sides, packed full of steel workers and coal workers, and
0: yeah, yeah, pit props. Are, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: pit props. Exactly. People who needed, uh, you know, didn't need, didn't need, wouldn't have needed the gym anyway. Right, yeah. let's um, let's let's finish on this award though. So I, as much, the thing that made that Wales France game, you know, so exhilarating was the the fact that the rugby was so exciting that I, for a moment. I didn't miss the crowd in there. Do you know what I mean? This mm. is pre, this was pre having crowds back in, but yeah, yeah. for a minute it didn't yeah. feel like it. Didn't feel like I was
0: watching something plastic. Um, yeah, it might have helped that it was Super Saturday and it was the last one on, and we'd all had a few.
1: Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't because you still had France the following week against. I mean, admittedly, well, look, we were on for the Slam, weren't we? But, um, yeah. Yeah. but. You know, you still had France the following week out to beat Scotland if they were going to win the title and all that kind of caper. Mm. But, um, but yeah, that, that, so that one was up there. Thanks for
0: reminding me because I forgot about Sorry.
1: No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other game I'd throw into the mix, which I know you watched and I didn't. I was watching, I had. I was watching, oh, maybe, yeah, you would have watched it on TV, but I was on a stag do watching uh, watching Wales lose to whoever we lost to in the Euros. The Denmark? Yeah, Denmark, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh was the premiership rugby final um which would oh, yeah, probably yeah. be up there so many people I know have referred to that as whatever it was Quins 38 extra 34 or something like that mm. Mm. I mean I'm not I, I was looking to you for a bit of uh, a bit of inspiration
0: on that one there, but I'm guessing You can get it you can get the inspiration mate you're gonna, you're welcome to it uh the uh, <laughs> Was again seen in the context of the way rugby was played a year ago in the autumn. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I honestly, I, 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 my my Frank Murphy theories won't stand up to any scrutiny at all. But my theory about rugby as a sport, saying we can't do that again, like we coaches and uh directors and
1: yeah, we we'll chief execs
0: sport. and and the bodies that run the different leagues and I just said, listen, we can't turn out that shite that we turned out in the autumn. We we've got to we've got to play some rugby and, and and um even Exeter we're trying to play some rugby. That's why they ended up conceding 38 points. But uh and you know that's not all down to them, you know, not defending properly. That was Harlequin's playing amazing rugby. Um while we're on the subject, i i I know there's so much going on in the news and rugby generally, but um Exeter got beat by Glasgow mm. this weekend. And last weekend, Saracens got beat at home by Edinburgh. Yep. And it's barely registered. Barely. <laughs> it's barely registered any. any Mate,
1: it, do you know what it doesn't help that this, that this bloody tournament is on BT. Like it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I know I know they've got the English the English Premiership, but back when Sky had everything, you at least had, I don't know, six, seven million homes in the UK that had Sky. So it was still, you know, so that kind of news still registered. Mm. Nowhere near that many homes have BT Sport. Nowhere near how that many. many.
0: How, do we know how many subscriptions there are for BT Sport?
1: Um, I should know, Murph, but I don't. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, listen, it. it's
0: one up for the UFC or two up for the UFC, those results. Yeah. Like they've, they've got no coverage. they got no, like, you know, even like, for example, um, just the 1, BBC
1: 1.6 million, uh, in April, apparently.
0: Really? Wow, wow, that's, a, that's that's not a lot, is it? Um, where do people go to watch the UFC then? The actual UFC, well, that's, not that's... our UFC, uh... <laughs> the actual <laughs> so, UFC,
1: yeah. Um, well, they would watch it on BT Sport, uh, that's but, what I mean, again... yeah.
0: so that's a small, you can get uh, UFC fight pass, yeah. which is. I suppose. I don't know what the take-up is on that. What that, once again, is it suggesting is that's not as big a sport as people like to think if there's only 1.6 million well globally,
1: well, globally, it would be. But, oh, yeah, in um, the States. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But here. Um, um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Um, for just on, the, on the, B, the BBC Sport Rugby Union page, you know, those yeah, results got no, got no mention at all. And there's a reason for that because they like to be... You know, by their very nature they're quite uh, Gallagher premiership centric so they they splashed on you know whoever did well that weekend um, but yeah that, uh, uh, Saracens weren't weren't a week uh, when they lost to Edinburgh they you know Toji was playing Billy Vunapone was playing the only back row player I could see was missing was Jackson Ray and he's not exactly a I mean, yeah.
1: he's a you know, he's a, he's a great club player isn't he you know yeah. but he's really yeah, important it's, to them
0: yeah but yeah. he's not you know it's not a huge loss. Um and then I, I, I didn't actually see I got it recorded, have I? Yeah I must have the the uh, Glasgow Exeter, I got that recorded, but I didn't see the Exeter side. So um I I, I think there's an issue now with whenever Exeter play Glasgow because they bought two of their best players. Yeah. So every time they face Glasgow, Glasgow go up two gears. They Who's the other before. sorry,
1: Hogg and uh, uh Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh sorry, of course. I yeah. Forgot um, I momentarily couldn't see your iHeart Johnny Gray tattoo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the, it's happened before. Where it actually they faced, faced their former club and uh, ended up getting done. But um, yeah, so uh, you know the, the much maligned UFC up your Gallagher Premiership twice.
1: Yeah, I mean look, it's it's one of those arguments, like you know the hemisphere arguments as well, isn't it? It's like it's not it's not that the it's not that the UFC has shit sides in it. It does have some shit sides in it, but. It's the fact that it's a, it's a non-entity as a competition. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Glasgow, Glasgow are a good side. Edinburgh are playing really well this year. Obviously, all the Irish sides are good. Um, yeah. And you know, very occasionally you get the moments from the Welsh sides, but it's yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's the fact that it's just not a competition. That's the that, that's the problem with it, right? Game of the, game of the year. All um, right. Okay. I, uh, so I'm I'm still I'm going for the game I've enjoyed the most. Was last week's game against uh, Cardiff against Toulouse. I just oh, think it, good. It, it reignited everything that I loved about I loved about rugby. Mm.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. This is the thing. It, was, it wasn't just the game. It was the no. circumstances of what's happened. So, as we've said many times over, semi-professional players had to face the European champions, uh, and you know the World Player of the Year, and uh, and and it was just. We've talked about it at length. So there's no point going over it again. But you're right; it was, um, it wasn't just the actual fixture itself, but the circumstances made it uh, an amazing event. Um, in hindsight, I still wish there'd be more people there. They keep say, they keep saying sellout, but you know, I I I've seen it where down there where uh, the stands are full, full all the way to the end, and there's people stood at either ends in front of the hospitality boxes you know, several deep at either end of the pitch or so. So that that was what I would call for. But, you know, uh, it's, I can't have that one, obviously, but I will go for uh, the obvious, because it's within my crappy memory uh, distances, France-New Zealand in the autumn.
1: I mean, that was just yeah, an absolutely incredible. It's what
0: everyone, France played the way everyone hoped they would play against New Zealand. And the, uh, as a result, they got beaten two weeks running, which is such a rare thing for the All Blacks. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Right, Murph, I'm going to throw a few at you because we've got some in here. Um, and again, I just want to see which one, which one you fancy kind of uh, grabbing hold of. Um, so we've got a few from Reece Knott, which are good. So walking yellow card of the season, most slappable face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, fewest fewest metres run per game. Brackets, the Augustin Creevey award.
0: Oh, that's harsh. Augustine Creevey. I, I think it's
1: harsh. I love Creevey. I in in, it, in his
0: prime, right. he was yeah. really good. Um, a slappable face. That's got a nice, I believe th- <laughs> <I'm laughs> ah. hmm. uh, I mean, everyone, me and everyone listening to this now, is um, going <laughs> through the England squad. <laughs> just going through the yeah. England squad. Hmm. I have you got you have you got an immediate one to mind?
1: But mate, for some reason I I seem to be. I think I'm catching your uh, your lack of memory now, and yeah. um, it might be some three Miguel's deep, but. I did feel like I did feel like there was a little point uh, yesterday where I wouldn't have mind giving Marcus Smith a little slap. <laughs> yeah when he was being
0: yeah. arsey ar- ar- with Dan Fish.
1: Yeah, it's like, look, yeah, mate, yeah, you yeah. you only dream of lacing Dan Fish's boots. <laughs> you go home yeah. and put on Dan Fish yeah. Dan Fish pajamas, even though he'd probably yeah. never heard of him before the game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was there was something about that, but you know, I I have this theory about um, English tens with flair that it never works out. You no. know, it didn't work out with Cipriani. Um, no. you go back years ago and you know th- they could never get Barnes into that team. They always yeah. went back to Andrew and exactly. um, I'm sure there were ones in the months. Johnny
0: Wilkinson was picked first. You know. yeah, 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 yeah,
1: you know, yeah. they were never um it, it's not it doesn't it doesn't sit well with them. So I I have, yeah. a, I have a theory that eventually they'll they'll go back to Farrell at 10 or you know Andy Goode or someone.
0: And then you will um, and get and then Marcus Smith will try and get well shit doesn't ship.
1: No, well, this is it. It's all on, all on the cars. Now, isn't it? Um, uh,
0: so slap all the faces. Look, wh- wh- not so much when he's on the pitch, but when he thinks he's being hilariously funny on telly. Um, Joe Marla.
1: Yeah, I get that. I get. That. I wouldn't thinks... say it to his face. He'd terrify me. but well, um, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they, I mean, every single one of them could like mm. clean your clean my weight above their head, uh, clean and snatch their weight. Uh, Clean and jerk. That's what I mean. Clean and jerk. My wait of a bed. So I wouldn't have any of them. <laughs> um, so um, there's, uh, there used to be someone took over from Mike Brown as my least favourite England player, and I can't think of who is now. It'll come to me. Uh, trouble is, people are waiting.
1: I mellowed. I mellowed over Brian after I met him once, and he was incredibly quiet and shy bloke. It seemed. Yeah. Um, that's either, fine, just don't be a knob yeah. on the pitch, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. It's you know? Grade A knob on the on the pitch.
0: Yeah. Uh I used to, he's gone now, but George Cruz used to rub me up the wrong way. Really? With his passive-aggressive that's nature at the, uh, at the, um not the breakdown, but after the whistle had gone. He'd be all passive-aggressive at the opposition. That used to wind me up. Um yeah, Listen, I, that, that, when the show, that stuff, when, when that stuff from Ellis
1: Genge winds me up a bit. As you, oh, as you of course. Times, yeah. Oh, there
0: he is, my mate. They yeah. made him captain and now suddenly he's a saint.
1: <laughs> well, and he's Andy's set to leave as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, but every time Jewish he was on. on the pitch in the Six Nations, he was a chippy knob mm. every single time. Even against Italy when they were 30, 40 points in front, he came off the bench and started picking on one of them. Yeah. Over like, over what? Yeah. I think I said on here what, what is he so pissed off about? You know, if uh, it's fine, you know, if he if he came from a rough area or if he had a tough upbringing, that's fine. But he, you're he, a very highly paid professional now, so just grow up. That was my that was my quote, I think roughly.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I am going for a player who retired twenty years ago, and I'm still, still saying there is no more slapable <laughs> face in the world than Matt Dawson's.
0: <laughs>
1: Honestly, uh, I've made I've made my peace with that whole England side. It was the. It was the worst day of my life when they won that. Uh, when they mm. won that, I was but, in work. Um, thank God. You. Oh, yeah, God. I was in work. I was, yeah. yeah, I, was, I, I remember. I to phoning my brother afterwards, and it was like it was like a post-apocalyptic chat. I was like, I was just like, well, they'll always have this over us. They'll always have it over us. And <laughs> yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and I've made my peace with pretty much every member of that side. You know, players like Delalio who I hated, but you realise actually, you know, I got, I got no problem with Delalio really. No, you know Neil Neil Back. I've always had massive admiration for, but there's something about Dawson that I will never ever be able to uh, never <laughs> be able to
0: get over. Yeah, yeah. Um, will Greenwood can the uh, at the time i huge Will Greenwood fan. Even when he mm. was being successful with England, I didn't mind it. But as he's getting older and he and he's presenting the Lions tour.
1: Well, it feels it feels like he stopped watching rugby about 10 years ago, didn't it? I thought like when he started, <laughs> yeah. he was quite a good pundit. Do you know what I mean? Like 2005 yeah, yeah. or six or whatever, he was mm. he was quite a good pundit. And then it felt like he just didn't watch a game of rugby for 10 years. And um, yeah. Yeah. Although I met his old man the other week and he was a thoroughly nice bloke, so I feel bad about it. Uh, I feel yeah, bad about I think him. there was a
0: soft spot as well from the Lions Tour 97 when he swallowed his tongue or something and yeah. got knocked out so badly that he used in That's right. a bad way. He did but
1: swallow his tongue, did yeah. it's,
0: it's the... It's the, when he does his serious talk on mm. on the build-up to a Lions tour, and you can tell he, he's done it like five times before on previous tours, or, or, or not ten times before, before previous Lions tests. You know, he'd probably done way more than that. And um, it's a little bit like, um, like Scott Quinnell's shouty-shouty bit.
1: Yeah, I know. Cause, I, cause I know. I
0: know. We, it's we said, living, we said this. Um,
1: we said this. Uh, we said this at a time, didn't we? It just felt like Sky were phoning the whole thing in this time round. And normally the coverage okay. on Sky, I have always thought has been. Q has Scott been shouting.
0: Tears. Q Scott will be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Q uh, will be in the CDS knob. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're
1: going. We're going to Scott in the fan truck in ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not, exa- you
0: know. Turn it on, Scott. Turn on all the shouty bollocks.
1: The, good, the the thing, the thing I've enjoyed over the last two weeks though, with those Cardiff games being on Channel Four, is I maybe I didn't appreciate him at the time, but um, but Miles Harrison really is a good, a top quality commentator, and I don't know if it's just because Sky had England games for so many years that it rubbed me up <laughs> the wrong way, you know, that he got excited as England was scoring, but he he does it, he like he's a genuine neutral commentator, and that's that feels like it's a dying art to me. I think- um,
0: I, th- I think some of it might be because he hasn't got Stuart Barnes alongside him.
1: That's a good point. That's a very good and,
0: point. Uh, it, much like me, uh, with my back support, having to carry Yeston and Dan all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Miles is not, he hasn't got a sea anchor hanging off yeah. him like Stuart Barnes. And he's able to <laughs> soar away, you know what I mean? That's a good so, point. That's um, a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like it. I that. think you're on it.
1: But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we got. A lot. I'm sure there's loads of Stuart Barnes fans listening to this.
0: <laughs> I, I met him at Green Man, Green Man Festival.
1: Weirdly. I met, I met him at um, at Sarri's Ospreys a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And we oh, did that
0: actually, pre-season thing. They did. Yeah,
1: we did actually record something, and he was. um I mean, far be it for me to speculate, but he was slurring his words an awful lot. So I, uh, <laughs> I wonder whether it might have been on the red, on the red wine. But well, um, I've,
0: I've heard he likes to drop the drink. Yeah. But he yeah. was sober when I met him. He, he nicked a chip off me, which yeah. you know wow. was cl- touch and go with it. I punched him, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know he's only a little guy. So
1: exactly. Um, but quickly on this, could you remember him? I I don't remember him when he was playing for Newport. I remember him playing for Bath and in playing for England. Yeah. And uh, and people give him stick for being a shit player, and I don't think that was ever true. Like the, what yeah. I remember of him is he was a very exciting ten, actually. Yeah. and well, he's a liar. Yeah, yeah. and a yeah, swash,
0: and... swashbuckling, you know, yeah. ten. Yeah, nothing, nothing. probably, like you said, um,
1: just too creative to be playing for England.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a lot, of, like a lot of those swash. Buckley, especially in that area, sphers buckling tens. Um tackling wasn't yeah. you know, wasn't a strong suit. But um yeah, he, Well that's
1: all backs from the eighties and nineties, isn't it? Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, like yeah Well there was, there was some of them. Well okay, yeah, Bat-
1: Bateman and you know, yeah, the, yeah. Some of those boys, but yeah. but
0: uh, um he, he's definitely like the way he played was of a Welsh tens lineage, you know what I mean? Well
1: he, well, he learnt it all in Bayes League, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Right, let's, uh, let's, let's go on to, let's see what else we can say. Oh, this is, this is a good one. I enjoyed this. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what this guy's name is, but it's, it's the Maidley Academy Duke of Edinburgh is his, is his handle on the, on Twitter. And I like to think it's either Richard Maidley or the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> um, one of the two. Um, well,
0: I mean, one of is no longer with us, so.
1: Well, yeah, but from beyond the grave, Murph. You know, uh, yeah, okay. If, if you're having all your virology conspiracies on here, I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to yeah. do my Derek Akora bit. It's
0: just as legitimate as my <laughs> uh, virology, as my Frank Murphy theory.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Ne- Join us next week when Derek Accora speaks to the Duke of Edinburgh about uh, <laughs> about who should play in the front five for the Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Mary yeah. loves Dick. Mary loves Dick. Right. <laughs> um, and this, sorry, I go back to the question. Most frustrating, <laughs> the award for the most frustrating game by Wales against fourteen players.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean right. that's a crowded field.
1: It is, isn't it? Make your make yeah. a bed up because we're going to be here a while. Um, God, that's a
0: the, well. Look, we won the,
1: one. Well, it's uh, no, we didn't win all of them, did we? We must have lost one of them.
0: Did we lose against fourteen men. Some stage,
1: yes. France got a man sent off.
0: Oh, yeah. I won one yeah. in that game. Right.
1: Um, and someone last autumn... Oh, that wouldn't have been this year, but I think, like, Georgia... Georgia no, we wouldn't have lost to Georgia. But um, anyway, um, the one I th- that I springs think, to mind for me...
0: I think the answer is all of them. We laboured past 14 men, as we've covered before. Um, uh, you know, repeatedly. Can you pick up that l- noise on my... Yeah, microphone? what's going on? Uh, I think if my wife is making a massive noise, that means... Emma Radicano was just one sports personality of the year. <laughs> I can't think what else be. it would cause. It There's be. nothing I could have done to make a celebrate of that. So uh, that's the only thing I can imagine that's happened on telly.
1: Yeah, you're right. It must that that must be right. Um, yeah. But um, well, we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back to sports personality of the year if we got something else yeah. that, uh, that that grinds my gears these days. But um, um. What the hell were we talking about before that? Year
0: we're talking about labouring past fourteen. Labouring past fourteen.
1: Right. The one that springs to mind for me is the Scotland game, and this was the point where I oh, yeah. had to Ferguson. look. Yeah, Faguson, I had to look myself in the mirror after the game, um, and say, right, what would you know? What would the ten-year-old you have said if, <laughs> if you've been watching that game, and and I know what the ten-year-old because essentially we played the same game in nineteen ninety four where Mike Rea scored twice in the corner, you know, and that was, you know, a, a barely functioning Welsh side that just happened to have a, a good day in the mud. Mm. And yeah. that moment of genius from Lewis rees um over the top was, um, you know, the, the 10-year-old me would have enjoyed that moment of genius. Um, but that as a game, to to even get me to that point of, right, you need to stop looking at rugby so bloody seriously... <laughs> um, shows, shows how bad we were for sacrilege moment. i yeah. mean
0: come on <laughs> life and death yeah you're right um thanks for reminding me what happened against scotland because uh <laughs> i couldn't remember the game um yeah we were pants for me and, and oh, we, were looking, we were looking like losing that game mm. until uh willis Halaholo did like a bit of a loop around yeah, the willis... back of someone that's and, right and, and and fed um Louis Sammet and and then I was probably um, I can't remember if it was the first time we actually saw him at full pelt mm. for Wales because I, I I remember in the build-up not missing to blow my own trumpet or anything but uh, um, I did say we, Louis Reece- Sammet's been in the Welsh side for a while and we haven't seen him in space yet and if he does get in space I mean we we'll get an opportunity to see what he can do and um, he he did get a chance in this Six Nations anyway but uh, if it hadn't been for that that was that was going to be us coming on on the, on the Sunday and saying, um, P-Vac out.
1: I have had, we did have a couple of messages that you throughout out that whole six nations that simply said, Lighten up, lads, we're <laughs> lighting <laughs> up, lads, we're <laughs> for a it." And it's fair enough, but I mean, you know, the jam slam, the jam slam, yeah, yeah which, yeah. um, you know,
0: just uh, shut the door, yeah,
1: uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, it would have, um. I mean that, the, but that's the thing: is that you can't fluke a grand slam. You just can't winning five games yeah. with luck is not possible, and um, no. and it showed. And and ironically, I don't know, probably not even irony, but the the best performance was in the was in defeat. You know that was by far and away the best performance. Yeah, yeah. It was against France, um, yeah. and there was no luck, you know, no luck involved. And in fact, I still haven't seen it back. But in the first ten minutes of that game, I think it's Damien Paneau. Goes into Alan Win's Alan head with a shoulder, um, but obviously with the the French, uh, the French oh, yeah, copy, yeah, yeah. you know, never see it back. And if they'd have had a man sent off after ten minutes, then you know the jam slam was on.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's uh, going back to conspiracy theories. That is a genuine thing where foreign uh, TV directors are not showing things that, uh, that uh, implicate their own side. No. Um, the, South Africa the, were doing it, <laughs> and France do it regularly. And not the, and not just interna- in internationals. France do it in club matches.
1: The brief in France is make things look as dramatic and artistic as possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine the brief in South Africa is, is much more uh, yeah, along your uh, conspiracy theory lines.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, dramatic, uh, the brief in France, uh, dramatic and what was the word? Uh, artistic. Well, yeah, but there's dramatic and artistic and then there's cheating by not showing uh wynne Jones getting his head smashed in by someone Yeah, shoulder. but
1: I, I feel in France that they they glossed over that because there was a moment of uh you know, of Roman and Tamax hair looking particularly beautiful. Oh <laughs> right, there. okay. I they don't, I don't think it was born I don't think it was born out of uh out of anything malevolent. I think it was born out of, you know, something oh, like, something beautiful a something.
0: That, on that occasion, may not have been, but there's there's other issues there because Austin Healy has flagged it up on BT Sport in Europe. If there's foul play by a French team, you never see you never no, see, a, you never a see a no, it. It is matter it doesn't it, matter what anyone's yeah. hair was doing at the time. You just yeah. <laughs> you just won't see that again. So um, yeah, and I I called for a, a, they got independent doctors to adjudicate on uh, head injuries, and they they're going to have to uh, when we get to. Really big events like Lions Tours and uh, World Cups are going to have to get independent TV directors in.
1: Yeah, I mean, also it would have been nice in the Lions Tour if we could have had independent uh, TMOs. You know, that would also yeah. probably been quite nice. You know, to, yeah. rather than going back to the seventies and having home home officials.
0: Don't um, start, don't start, Razzie off.
1: After, do do you it? see him
0: having a sing song? It's yeah. a clip of him having a sing what song. What
1: in the name of holy Christ is that about?
0: Vanilla Ice. Ice, ice baby. I mean, I quite liked him when he was at uh, in Ireland, um, coaching. Yeah. Was he? I, uh, I
1: quite liked him when they beat England in the Rugby World Cup final as well. I was, a, yeah. I was, I was sold at this point.
0: But he's 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 moving into the slapable face category.
1: I, in fact, it's probably right up there, isn't it? Really, mm. let's be honest. To get if we were to go back and retrospectively uh, give that award, right? He's always
0: got that like cheesy grin on his face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Anyway. Let's finish on two. Let's finish on two things. This one was from Paul Price. <laughs> the, is he a, is he any good? I just can't tell. Award uh, sponsored by Nick Tompkins. <laughs> uh,
0: sponsored by. I mean, Tompkins.
1: I mean, he is the, he is the enigma, isn't he? You know, we've seen mm. we've seen moments of brilliance, and as i as I've regularly said, the best ever debut by a player in a Welsh shirt. Best um, ever,
0: ever, ever? Really?
1: Right. Well, all right. Okay. No. Um, the best I've seen.
0: Yeah. In and recent memory, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Keith, Keith Jarrett would be the best ever.
0: It's probably, it's probably a few good debuts. I think Emma Lewis's debut for Wales was quite good from memory. But yeah, you're right. Um, well, look, uh, there's a few players, actually, if you scour around. Like, probably a lot of people who've got the, the jury is still out on Rhys Carey. Yeah, even though I'm a, I'm obviously a committed fan. Right next to my um, (laughs) iHeart, there's a Rhys Kelly portrait on my my rear flank. Um, But you know, he 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 hasn't. There's a lot of people he's yet to convince as well. So, um,
1: I'll tell you what. I tell you one. I'm happy to to give the award to having been proven thoroughly wrong over the past fortnight. And and that is young Jim Botham,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. real
1: deal. He's the real deal.
0: Mm. He's not
1: a seven, but he's the real deal.
0: What would you have him though?
1: I think he's a club rugby. I think he's a dynamic, quick eight. Right, I think. Or failing well, failing
0: that, that. That, 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 that's that's good on on their surface, their home surface. Mm. But if, if you play well, he, on
1: a, I think I think, he, I, I think on, that Harlequins pitch didn't look up too so much yesterday, and he was eating up ground on that.
0: Yeah, but he didn't play eight.
1: No, but my point is, yeah. I think he could have, yeah, yeah. you know, given the track underneath him. Yeah. Oh, and that's another sub point, right? <laughs> we, we'll be here for hours, Murph. Um, yeah. I thought Sam Moore played very well yeah, yesterday. I did. Yeah, and every time I've seen him play for Cardiff slash Cardiff Blues, um, I've been impressed with him. Yet yeah, he has spent much more time playing for the Rags than he has. He has forgot. I know he had a big, a big chunk of injuries, but what's going on there? Because you know, James Ratty's fine, but I, they're not a wash with eight down there, especially if Navidi's injured. Um, no. I don't yeah. understand why he doesn't he doesn't feature more for the for the regional side.
0: Yeah, no, you got a good point there. The, the problem, I mean, uh, rumours that Falatels going there next year.
1: I, I mean, it's the worst kept secret, isn't it? Presume, yeah. uh, presuming he is going but, to end up there. But
0: the the back row is uh, resources I means it's, it's already crowded. You know the the, the reason. Uh, I imagine Sam Ward doesn't get many games is because they, if all else fails, they can use Josh Turnbull.
1: But this, but this is a this is a really good point because and he's a leader
0: and everything. You know,
1: I um I mentioned this uh, on Twitter when the the Falatai thing first surfaced, and uh, the the fellow who runs the Cardiff Rugby Life Twitter said, "Yeah, but there's a big difference between having back row resources and genuine eight options." Yeah, I actually said, "Yeah," so that's a really good point. But then. You know, I don't if they're not awash with genuine A options, it makes the whole Sam Moore thing a bit more a bit more yeah. puzzling. Maybe you know, well, look, maybe it, it's just fitness, I don't know.
0: Possibly. I mean, I mean they've used Will Boyd. Mm. Whenever whenever they haven't um, used uh, Josh Turnbull this season, they use Will Boyd rather than turn to Sam Moore. So I don't know if Sam Moore has had a few niggling injuries he's, in the autumn. He's
1: he's had a lot of injuries prior to this season, I think, but he's been playing a lot for Cardiff RFC.
0: I think he's featured yeah, in a right.
1: lot of games for them. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, for me, he's a, yeah. a well, much better win. player than Welsh than Welsh Premiership.
0: Yeah, he, 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 when he first arrived, he, had, he did have a few games to date. And yeah, he did. Yeah. He wasn't very convincing then, but he looks much better now. So, well, let's, let's look at the there's a t there's a few, quite a few players. I, I would imagine are going to. Shoot up the pecking order at the the Blues after what's happened in the last fortnight, and might, he might be another one of them.
1: So he might well. Right, okay. Let's finish on this then, Murph. Seeing as uh, as your wife was uh, so excited by the Emma Raducanu victory, and uh, <laughs> which we haven't verified, by the way.
0: No, but I we, guarantee we you know that, she but... wouldn't cheer like that for uh, Tyson Fury.
1: I can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, quick sub point of uh, my now hatred for the Sports Personality of the Year, which I used to love as a kid. Um, oh, do you know like, what
0: happened tonight? I saw the beginning, right? You know, you know the 13-year-old skateboard Olympian? Yeah. They interviewed her on the stage. Right. They made her bring her fucking skateboard with her. <laughs> and she stood there with her foot on her skateboard being interviewed by... <laughs> I, Being interviewed by Claire Balding,
1: but there was also a point ten years ago when who <laughs> it was that? It was a, a MotoGP like James Toseland, the MotoGP uh, rider, yeah. was playing piano on the on the stage. <laughs> I was just thought, what the hell is going on here? Because in the nineties, when the BBC used to have sports rights, it used to be called Sports Review of the Year. And then the last like twenty minutes was the Sports Personality of the Year award, which better still was decided by a panel of experts rather than letting the godforsaken public choose who should win this award. Yeah. For the record, I've no problem with Radhakarnu winning it because it's like no. okay, you know that's some bloody achievement. But well, I don't is- know. I
0: don't know who else was in the running, um, but i mean uh, it is a, uh, to to win that as a qualifier is um yeah, uh, and an age 18 you know it's yeah, incredible it's mega and it's so many decades since this happened as well so yeah.
1: even if it is tennis it's amazing um, <laughs> but, yeah. but um yeah so to bring bring all that back together i wanted to ask you for your welsh rugby sports personality of the year
0: oh, and
1: right. oh shit and i think it should be based on you know, based on something real, mirth, Not you know, like you know. Oh, I can base
0: like- that on real, mate. I can do that on real. Yeah, even, yeah. even with my shitty memory and a short notice, I can base this on real. You ready? Yeah, go on. So, I got a uh, Canadian niece. So my 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 I got in-laws in laws uh, in Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their daughters goes to uh, university in a, in the states on a soccer scholarship, and. She and all her friends in university in America follow Lewis Re-Sammit on, I, I don't know, Instagram, Instagram TikTok guess, yeah. or whatever. And a lot of them don't even know what he does. Mm. But a lot of them, as a result, do know what he does because he, he puts clips of himself playing rugby. And I don't think, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't think the the governing bodies uh, uh, and a lot of people realize the reach of Lewis Rissamit because he unusually for a rugby player he's quite pretty I mean if he couldn't run he'd be in a boy band
1: yeah there is um, (laughs) there is almost like a k-pop appeal to him isn't there
0: yeah on on social media yeah Uh, he's got his reach you know I I don't know what his figures are I could probably look at it but it's the number you know the, the they calculate these things these days on the number of followers you've got worldwide mm. and where, where those followers are. But um, his his reach is well beyond these shores. Put it that way. So go. that's my that's my that's my Welsh rugby sports personality.
1: Okay, that would very much be a 2021 opinion of a sports personality. If we were going to go for <laughs> if we were going to go for a 1990s one based on a panel of. <laughs> Based on a panel of experts, and by that I mean grizzled rugby hacks. Yeah. We smoked twenty Rothmans. S- smoking
0: Rothmans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well it'd be Alaman Jones then. <laughs> oh
1: really? No, that's well, a bit obvious, mate. I was uh, I was I was all gearing this up for the Dan Fish.
0: Oh, Dan Fish,
1: well. I think we have to give it to Dan Fish, mate. The I think he's is-
0: coming I think he's coming too late. I think he's been you? he's left his run too late. He's done it in the last Three weeks of the year.
1: Dan, Dan Fish will win the 2022 award when he, when, he, when he plays 10 for Wales, undoubtedly. Yeah, when he we, signs
0: a massive contract with the Dragons. Massive contract with the Wales Dragons.
1: <laughs> they, then, they then qualify for Europe, reach the semi-finals, and uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a jam slam headed up by uh, by the Fish at 10.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not knocking you, Dan Fish, selection, but it's nowhere near as... Uh, no one here yeah. as much merit as my literary slammin' one.
1: It's <laughs> not or in fact, the the Alan Win Jones Lazarus Award for coming back from the dead yeah. To, yeah. to to head onto that Lions Tour. That yeah. in other years, you know, if that had been a normal Lions Tour, Murph, um, we'd have been, you know, we'd have been dealing with something special there. Which, um, yeah, unfortunately, it was like we said a million times before. It was the it, it wasn't a, an enjoyable Lions Tour for uh, for a number of reasons, but um. But yeah, mate, good good stuff. I enjoyed that.
0: Me too. Uh, did we run on too long?
1: No. Oh, it's been, yeah, it's been, yeah. I mean, people stopped listening about an hour ago, yeah. I think. I, f- I
0: finished all my salted peanuts, so.
1: I know. I think
0: when
1: I've <laughs> run out of twiglets and mm. uh, have moved on to the whats which I don't even like, yeah. um, i tell you what's bad. Do you remember those cheese footballs? Mm. They're not good. I do
0: remember, yeah. They're
1: not good. Do you
0: know what I miss, though, is um, those hedgehogs with... Oh yeah, pickled yeah, yeah, silver onion yes. <laughs> and, a, and a block of cheese and, and
1: pineapple. They've, yeah, oh yeah, yeah the
0: three, yeah. the, the, the holy trinity on a, on a <laughs> cocktail stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, all, all of these, pa- <laughs> all of these Patreon specials coming to you next year. If you'd like to, if you'd like to fund us eating, uh, eating party snacks next year, um then then please do so. But a big thanks to the mighty Murph. For another stellar effort, carrying uh, you're welcome, carrying the rest of the team this uh, <laughs> this week. Definitely. Uh,
0: Does this mean we're not reporting on the Boxing Day match? Uh,
1: we will. Do, we'll be back in the new year and we'll do a review oh. of all of the games. Um, yeah, you can. Oh, oh, you? I was off, gonna. Do you know <laughs> I was gonna, gonna
0: go to that game with <clears throat> friends of mine.
1: Go, go. Drink a,
0: drink a heroic amount of Guinness, then come back home to record in the evening.
1: if you'd like to see this uh, if you'd like to see this happen that's another patreon special there ready for you yeah yeah. um yeah you must be you must be over the age of 21 to even listen to that it wouldn't even be right for 18 year olds to listen to that for that version um but no we will be back in the new year to do that but um yeah a big thanks to the mighty mer for his contributions this year thanks to yes a thanks to dan for his fleeting appearances every now and again um, a big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, has contributed this year, all the different guests. And, um, and most of all, a big thanks to you, the listener. So thank you for listening in 2021. Have a brilliant Christmas. And we will be back in the new year to report on all of this and, uh, and to chat complete nonsense to you. Thanks for listening.
0: It's someone special. Last Christmas I gave it my heart the very next day give it away. Sport social podcast network.